Girls Who Product tells the stories of amazing women to inspire others to follow their path in the product area. This project is supported by Zalando. Hi everyone, welcome to the sixth episode of season three of Girls Who Product podcast. My name is Teresa and I will be your host today. Girls Who Product is a series of interviews with women that have been able to beat the ceiling and become successful makers, entrepreneurs and agents of change. Our mission is to inspire, connect, and empower more people to get into product roles. Our guest today is Kariana Johnson, Senior Product Manager at Zalando. Hi, Kariana. Welcome. Hi. Thank you. Kariana Johnson started in UX seven years ago at companies like Microsoft and Nordstrom, and now she works as Senior Product Manager at Zalando and believes in problem solving for both the customer and the business, designing with data and empathy. Kariana, you want to talk a little bit more about yourself? Where are you from? So Yeah, so um, I moved to Berlin from Seattle about uh, almost a year ago. Um, so I've enjoyed being here. Um, I'm born and raised in Seattle. I did a brief stint in San Francisco, but mostly been in Seattle. So um, very much enjoying being in Europe right now. Great. Uh, you have a, a, a very curious journey before getting into product management. You started as a writer at UX team at uh, Microsoft. Uh, what you made? What made you change? Yeah. Um, so I think UX writing was was kind of my first exposure to the tech world. Um, like when I started, I didn't even know that product management was a thing. Um, and so then I went to Microsoft and I got uh, exposed to all of these really great strong, wonderful um, product managers. Microsoft, they call them program managers. So it's a little bit different, but same job. Um, and I think as a writer, I got to work with all these different people and I got to know all these different areas of the business and these different problems. Um, and at some point I kind of realized, oh, product management, they're kind of solving the scale of problems that I am interested in and would like to solve. And so that's when I started to have an inkling that maybe that was where I wanted to end up. Yeah, and, and was it difficult for you to at first to adapt to a job that was so different from what you were used to? You know, um, I would say it was kind of frighteningly easy at first. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think my first panic moment kind of set in at about six months, but for the first six months I felt really motivated and I was like, oh, this is, I'm doing great. I'm doing so good at this. And then at six months I had this moment where I just remember like crying in my boss's office because I thought, oh my God, I don't know what I'm doing and everybody knows it. And um, that was kind of, you know, when I, when I started to, I think, come down off the initial um, high of switching roles and then I started to really realize what I had to learn and, you know, all the, all the things that were new. But yeah, I think um, not so scary at first for me, at least, but then definitely got a little bit scary in the middle, but. Yeah, but now you are here. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you worked at Microsoft for four years and then you moved to Nordstrom. And these are also two different experiences which, which end up teaching you and making you progress as a professional. Uh, what do you think were the key moments you knew it was product manager you want to be? Yeah, um, so I think I, I think at Microsoft, it was definitely um, working with the team that I worked with. So I worked in the browser space, which I know Internet Explorer is every, a lot of people's browser of choice still, or at least browser um, of, that their companies put on their laptops. Um, but I think at, at the time at Microsoft, it was kind of felt like an underdog team. So the organization was going through a lot of change. There was kind of this old, um, old school kind of mentality. And 
um, that was shifting a lot and people really seeing the value of what the team was providing. And so for me to be there as part of during that time um, and getting to work with all these really kind of young, eager, new to the space product managers, um, they really made me feel like I was part of the team, even as a writer. And so I think getting to see them every day doing their jobs, the kind of problems they were solving, the conversations they were having with the developers, um, I just got really, really curious about that. So that's when I, I started to kind of think about it. Um, at Nordstrom, I, when I shifted from Microsoft to Nordstrom, um, I was on the UX team and um, was helping kind of build out the writing team there. And Again, I like I loved the UX team there and the experience I had was great, um, but I still kind of found myself gravitating back to the product world and being really interested in meetings and what the product team was working on or what they were, um, you know, thinking about. So I just, you know, at some point I, I thought I, this is where I want to be, so I've got to do this. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's inspiring. But, but uh, why do you believe that solving problems for both the customer and the business is so important? to develop, uh, developing good products? Yeah, I think, um, you know, there is, I think as product managers, we always want to believe idealistically that what we're trying to do is always solve a customer problem. Um, and I think that's, that's true in the sense that that's really the lens that we should bring to every, every challenge. Um, I have never been working on a product where the only problem I'm solving is a customer problem. So I think, you know, um, not to say that, you know, you always have to be trying to find a compromise, but I think what I've found um, is that a lot of times I'm trying to do both anyway. And so if I try to ignore kind of the business problems or ignore the needs of my internal customers in the business, um, things don't go so well. And if I try to only focus on the business problems, then things don't go so well for the customer. So I, I do think that there's an important balance there. Um, and I think, you know, in an ideal world, where we're, we're product managers who only have to solve for customer problems. That sounds amazing. But I also, you know, I think, um, I think at least in the spaces I've worked in, a lot of my customers are actually internal customers too. So you kind of have to do both. Yeah. So imagine yourself at first, what, what were the first steps you took to learn more about product management? Did you take any course? What would you advise to someone who'd like to do it? Yeah, um, so I never did anything formal. I have taken a few kind of seminars um, as a, you know, over the years. But for me, um, I think one, it's really good to know kind of what your style of learning is. For me, I learn best by doing and kind of by making mistakes um, and by seeing what other people do. So how I learned was really by watching people, um, paying attention to the questions they asked, paying attention to what um, you know, what they were really thinking about when they asked those questions, those types of things. Um, and that's how I really kind of felt like I connected with product management. Um, I also read a lot. So I, my kind of bad habit is I wake up and I scroll through LinkedIn and I find whatever interesting thing is on Harvard Business Review or Fast Company or, um, you know, any of the things that pop up and then I'll, I'll kind of scroll through. So I think that's my preferred style of learning is to is by just kind of observing and then um you know making lots of mistakes and figuring out how i can do better the next time but i do think you know there are probably people that would prefer to kind of take a more formal approach i just yeah, know learning learning by doing yeah, yeah. you're you right and for our listeners don't miss the, the opportunity to learn more about these topics as well 
uh, get 20% discount uh, buying a ticket for this year productized conference or workshop. You, you just have to enjoy the Girls of Product Co that, are, that is in our chat. And now let's continue. Karina, uh, while working at Nordstrom, you become, became a mentor at Access Plus UX. I don't know mm -hmm. if I'm telling it right. And you still are. Uh, so what is Access uh, Plus UX? What do you do as a mentor? Yeah, so, and I realized actually to update my LinkedIn because the name of the organization has been changed to Hexagon now, but originally okay. it was XX and UX because it was a program that was mostly focused on women in the, either in the UX field currently or women that wanted to get into UX. So kind of a similar idea um, with what we're talking about now. So yeah, as a mentor, um, I signed up to be part of their mentor co cohorts. And then I was paired with some um, people who were interested in either becoming UX writers or UX designers and wanted to get into the field. Um, it's something I, I, I'm really passionate about mentorship. Um, it's something I invest in for myself, but I also really recommend for other people, but especially when you're trying to get into a new field, I think it's critical to have those connections. So that's why, that's why I felt like it was important to kind of involve myself with that organization. Yeah. Becoming a UX mentor requires a lot of efforts, uh, hard work and experience in the field too. But I think at the end, the result is always very rewarding, I mm -hmm. guess. Uh, did you have mentors too? Oh yeah. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> who, who were your mentors? Yeah, so um, I have had lots of mentors. I have a pretty, I have kind of a strict rule with mentorship that I tend to not um, seek a mentor for longer than six months. Um, I, when I first kind of was getting into both the UX and actually into product management, I learned this lesson the hard way where you, you meet lots of people and there are some people that are really awesome at what they do and you think I want to be just like them. So then you ask them to be your mentor and you don't really put any guardrails on it. You're just like, oh, I want to learn from you. Um, and so then what happens is let's say six months later, you've learned a lot, but maybe you're feeling like you've learned all you can or you keep rescheduling your mentoring sessions. <laughs> um, and so I think for me, like I've found I, I'm most successful when I kind of set a six month limit, I find a mentor that I really want to learn a particular thing from. Um, and then I work with them on that for six months. And then at the end, either have another person in my network, maybe a sponsor um, or somebody that I can call a friend. So that's kind of, that's kind of my own personal approach to it. But yes, I, I have at least, I usually have one mentor a year and usually for about a six to eight month period. Okay. Uh, I agree it's important and uh, an added value, I would say, for any career. And do you think it's important, you have, you have said, but do you think it's important to be or have a mentor in this particular area of product management? Yeah, I think so. Um, I've also found as a product manager that it's sometimes really beneficial to have a mentor that's not a product manager. Um, I think, again, it kind of depends on what you want to learn or... Um, like I, you know, I found that sometimes I will seek a mentor from an area of the business that I might work closely with, but maybe don't understand as much. Um, and there's sometimes not those opportunities to have the level of discussion and learning that you'd want just from your day-to-day -day interactions. So, um, yeah, I think like I, my, again, my kind of approach is if there's something that you really, really want to learn about, like say it's facilitating, being a better workshop facilitator, um, maybe I would go find a mentor in UX for a period of time and kind of shadow them. Or if it's, um, I want to get better at analyzing customer data, maybe I'll find someone in analytics or 
kind of the order economics part of the business and go work with them for a while. So I have like a specific skill set that I want to learn. But I think, yeah, definitely having a product mentor, um, especially when you're starting out is really important. And then hopefully that person kind of transitions into a sponsor for you later on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you, you come from Seattle mm-hmm. and why did you decide to come to Berlin? In addition to being a new company, change a different job, what was your biggest motivation? Um, yeah, so I think I mentioned I was born and raised in Seattle. Um, I have been kind of thinking about a change anyway for the past few years. Um, and Zalando had reached out to me um, and asked me to come interview. I had never been to Berlin before I came for my interview. I was here for, I think, 36 hours. Um, and when I found out I got the job, I asked my partner, um, like, we have to do this, right? Like, we got, we got this job offer. We have to go. Um, so that was kind of it. I mean, you know, and um, I think since having been here uh, and learning more about the city and really enjoying it here, um, I'm very glad that I ended up here. But, yeah, it was kind of sight unseen when, I, when we first arrived. <laughs> and do you know more people like you who has entered a career different from the one they studied? Or what characteristics do you find in these people that make them product management professionals? Yeah, um, I would say I probably know it's about a 50-50 split between people that kind of came from a traditional business background or computer science background um, and people that have kind of worked their way into the field like me. Um, I would say that no matter what kind of backgrounds um, you come from, the things that I've, the, one of the things I find that's really critical to being a good product manager is um, curiosity. Like I think you really like, you really have to be one of those people who asks all the questions and is not afraid to go and do some research and, um, you know, just really arm yourself with the information you need to make good decisions. I think like that's a trait that I would say is true of every person that I would consider a really excellent product manager. Um, and I think too, like, one of the things I think oftentimes product management, um, you know, we sit at the intersection of business and technology and, um, user experience. And I think often that feels like it's a um, kind of lone wolf profession, but that's, but I think what's really critical is actually being a good team player. I mean, I think you, you need to build a strong product team to help you execute on your vision. You need to build a strong network to help you grow as a product manager. You need to build a strong network of sponsors um, and stakeholders that support you. So I think really being that person who values building a team is also kind of an underrated trait in product management. Yeah. And you said you are a natural, like a curious person, which makes you always want to know more. You told me you like to draw and you like to draw buildings, which is very funny, given your, your roots. So to speak, you like to understand the surrounding space and human behavior, I think. You mentioned that recently you have been trying to understand more about the impact of technology on human relationships. Do you feel that it also has an influence on your team and your relationship with relationship with uh, relationship with each other? Sorry. Yeah, I mean, I think um, you know, like probably most of us, I've been at home for the past five months now, working from home, um, and you know. I, I was honestly quite surprised at how quickly our team kind of adapted to this virtual lifestyle. Um, you know, I think it helps that it, I think, um, you know, we have really great integrations with tools and so that makes it super easy. Um, there's not, you know, not people struggling every meeting to figure out like what meeting link to use or whatever. So that helps a lot. Um, 
And I mean, I'm an introvert. So I was at first, I was really excited about not having to go into the office. Um, and it's kind of funny that I like, as the months have worn on, I actually, there are lots of weird little interaction things that I miss, like just background noise or, um, you know, like when you walk past somebody's desk casually, like those kind of little things, um, just grabbing coffee with someone. I, I kind of miss those small things, but yeah. <laughs> What do you think will be the biggest changes in technology in this area of UX and product management? After we go through this semester, this is a typical moment we all spend at home and working from home, as you said. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if this will be the biggest change, but I can tell you what I hope is the bigger change. Um, I think one of the things that I feel like I've noticed during this last few months is there there's a lot more, um, I think because we've had this kind of lack of actual tangible human connection, I think that there are lots of ways that um, people are thinking more about the types of problems that we all have in common. Um, I think, you know, and, and bigger problems too. So I think, you know, before um, this whole experience, you saw lots of kind of at least in the fashion industry, which um, is the industry I'm probably most familiar with besides technology, um, you see a lot of, you know, like, oh, we're going to be more sustainable or, or, oh, you know, we're going to ship fewer packages. And I think now, like, companies are actually asking themselves, like, how do we, how do we make sure that um, we're actually slowing down this cycle of disposable clothing? Or how do we make sure that livable working conditions and living wages are the rule and not the exception? So I think, as much as there's been lots of big awful stuff going on, I, I do see that I think people are trying to focus on kind of the more human aspect of that. Um, so my hope is that, you know, there's this rule in technology that you're always supposed to work faster and you're always supposed to do more and produce more and do more than everybody else. Um, I actually hope that the opposite is true. I hope we start to maybe see it's okay to slow down a little bit and like maybe focus on some of the bigger problems that actually affect us all um, instead of just trying to churn and churn and churn. So that's my hope at least. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I have two questions that I always ask uh, in the girls of product. Uh, what, do you uh, what do you consider to be the greatest passions in your work? Hmm. Um, so I think for me, I really love, so I really love having a team that I love working with. Um, that may sound kind of silly, but I feel like I'm as there at my job as much to build a good functional cooperating team. Um, and I really, I like when I like the people that I work with, you know, not that you're always going to be best friends, but I think just making sure that everybody has kind of a good congenial working environment that feels functional. Um, so I think team building is one that I'm actually really passionate about. Um, I also think just continuous learning. I, I feel like as long as I have the opportunity to learn new things and try new, you know, tackle new problems, then I'm always going to be satisfied in my job. So, yeah. Great. And we are almost done. And I, I will recommend that people that are listening to us to, to do their questions in our Q&A. Um, so the last question for me uh, is, What advice do you have for anyone that is starting a career in this area or that want to, to start from the beginning or just want, wants to do as you, do, as you did to change a little bit directions and move countries? Who knows? <laughs> um, I don't know if I'm the expert on moving countries, but yeah. <laughs> I'm still getting used to that. No, I think um, 
I, I think one of the best things that you can do is actually talk to product managers or, or UX people in UX, whatever field you're interested in. Um, I think, again, one of the good things that we have about this world that we live in is it's getting increasingly easier to do that. So I think like LinkedIn is a great, um, a great way to kind of find people in a particular role or at a particular company and just reach out to them. Um, there's lots of meetups, obviously right now, most of them are virtual, but that's good too. Um, I think if you're in a company right now where you have maybe a product manager or two that you think is really strong um, or you have a good relationship with, I would say, you know, yeah, you can take them out for coffee. That's great. But I also think like ask if you can shadow them in meetings or for a day or whatever it is. Um, so I think the key is really to understand the job. Um, I think it's, there's lots of, um, there's, there's always lots of buzz around product management and I, it's an, ex, it's a really, I, you know, I love it. Um, it's a great job, but I think a lot of times people maybe think that they have to go into that role um, because maybe they're in product man or project management or program management or UX and they think, Oh, to, to really get ahead, maybe this is my next step. Um, and that's great if that's, if that's true and it's something you're really passionate about. But I also see sometimes people think that's true. Um, and then they get into the job and it's not for them. And then they're sad that they got there. So I think just whatever you can do to really um, talk to people who are actually doing the role and, and understand kind of what you're getting into. Again, I love it. It's great. I just know it maybe not is for everyone. Um, but yeah. And again, I'm an introvert. So this is harder for me to do than maybe, you know, I have to um, follow my own advice here sometimes, but I think it's just, uh, yeah, there's lots of tools that make this easier now. And we're very lucky, I think, that we live in an age that that's true. Um, so yeah, just reach out to people. Yeah, and don't be afraid. Exactly. <laughs> Again. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Gariana. We now have opened the time for questions. Anyone has questions? We actually have one question for, I don't know the, the name of that indeed because it's anonymous, but I will do the question. Uh, what is your take on product sponsorship? What are you looking for from them? Yeah, um, so I, I find um, sponsorship is a very different business than mentorship. I think um, mentorship is you are looking for someone that can really help you focus on a specific area or like identify um, things that you want to work on. Sponsor, sponsorship is um, getting someone in your corner. So you it doesn't have to be someone who's a mentor. It doesn't have to be someone who's your boss. Uh, it probably isn't a lot of the time. Um, I think there's kind of two, there might be two angles to this. So maybe one on a personal level and the one on a also um, like an actual product level. So I'd say on a personal level, um, sp having sponsors is really important. I think especially the more senior you get, you need those people that are in similar positions of power or maybe a little bit more senior than you that can help make sure that you are given the right opportunities and growing the right way. So um, I think it's really, it's a, it's a critical part of your network to build. Um, sometimes that comes out of mentorship. Sometimes it comes out of other areas, um, but sometimes it, should, it might just be working with a person. Um, from a like, actual product perspective, I think, again, it's, you really want to, create these opportunities to get people that can help you on your side. So whatever you can do to kind of form that bond, build that relationship, whether it's you personally or products that you're supporting, um, you're always, you're always going to need someone on your team. Um, so 
yeah, I would say it's a very critical part, um, especially I would say as you get more and more senior um, to have those kind of people that can be sponsors for you. Yeah, we, we have we have another questions for Marlon Hildebrand from Germany. She's not actually, I think she's not in the room, but she asked in advance. Uh, what do you, do you do and feel like when people think you just manage projects? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so this actually, to be honest, this actually used to make me really angry when I first started as a product manager. I used to get so upset when people are frustrated um, when I would come into a project or a room and people thought that I was just there to make sure that um, things were kind of moving along and send out emails occasionally with dates. Um, <laughs> but I think the, um, what I've kind of learned is a lot of times when you're in those situations where someone thinks you're just there for project management, it's because they don't really understand what your value is. Um, and I think what I, I try to take a couple approaches. Um, one that works sometimes better than other times. I feel like I try to educate them. It doesn't mean I sit them down and I say, this is, I am a product manager and this is my job. Um, but I try to show them different ways that I can provide value. I try to um, not, not push back necessarily when they ask me for things that feel like it's more project management, but instead think about why are they asking that question? Um, maybe there's something there that, that they need that they're not able to express and this is the way they know how to express it. So I really find um, the, you know, I, I try to be an educator to them. Um, I think another way of dealing with it or I found it's a good way of dealing with it is thinking of them as your customer. Um, again, you know, they might not have the language to express what they really need from you or they might have problems that you're not aware of that um, I think if you just kind of take the time and make the effort to understand where they're coming from, maybe what they're, area of the business is, um, what their concerns are and build that relationship, then that's, you know, actually a really effective way of showing them that you have value. And eventually they start to kind of like loosen their grasp on this idea that you're just there to manage timelines. So yeah, I think those are kind of two ways that I've dealt with that. Yeah. Uh, Anonymous is asking another question. Uh, do you already know what are the next steps for Zalando uh, or your team in terms of COVID-19? So are you planning on going fully remote or maybe alternate shifts? Uh, it's a great question <laughs> and it comes up every in all of our all hands meetings. Um, so the official answer that I have been told is that there, there will be a plan eventually for people to return to work. Um, we actually have some opportunities right now for people that are, um, it's when it's harder to manage kind of their home office environment. So um, that's already been underway, but yeah, there will be, I know there will be a plan eventually. Um, I also know that there is, they're moving more towards um, some kind of permanent remote work setup, for, at least from the sense that we'll have more flexibility to work remotely more of the time, but that's the commitment that we've gotten so far. Yeah. So we, it seems it, there are no, no more questions, but I still had one more, one last question yeah. because we, we still have time. Uh, do you recommend any books to the people that are listening to us, whether it's product management or UX or leadership? Yeah, um, so I think um, I'm going to refer to my reading list here. Um, yeah, I think so. I, um, again, I think during this, this interesting time in our lives, I've been focusing a lot on books that are um, maybe less traditionally about product management and more about kind of um, kind of the impacts that technology has. So 
Um, there's one book called Invisible Woman, which is uh, a book about exposing data bias in a world designed for men. It's by Caroline Criada Perez. Um, I really love that one. I think, um, I, you know, like thinking a lot about kind of data is always this mysterious, you know, omni omnipresence and um, benevolent figure, I think, in the technology world. But the reality is, is we as humans design the systems <laughs> that um, both collect and manage this data. And so I think, you know, I've been really thinking about um, different kinds of biases and how that impacts how we build these systems that then turn around and try to teach us things. So um, that's a really great one. Um, there's also uh, Because Internet by Gretchen McCullough. I love this book because, um, you know, used to be a writer and this is all about how the, um, how our language is kind of changing and adapting to technologies. Um, there's also a book called The Double X Economy, The Epic Potential of Empowering Women by Linda Scott. Um, that's a great one, I think, again, um, turning a lens on what's the value that women really do provide or really do bring to the economy. And I think it's, you know, often downplayed, um, all, almost always downplayed. So that's a really good one. Um, I also have been reading um, Diversity Inc. by Pamela Newkirk and then The Inclusion Nudges Guidebook by Lisa Kapinski. Again, all ones that have, have been kind of challenging me to think differently about um, my biases, the biases in the tech industry and the fashion industries and just think about how um, I can help kind of make things better. Okay, great. We have a question here. Hi, Kariana. How have you managed the tactical tasks of a PM, delivery and shipping, and making out time to speak uh, to users and designing journeys from the, for them? Yeah, um, so I, uh, this is probably the most challenging part of the job, at least for me. Um, I, I, I think oftentimes, um, especially, you know, right now when everybody's reacting very quickly to things, you tend to get in that, that space where you're just turning on features and trying to get things done. Um, and yeah, I think for me, honestly, what I do is set calendar reminders for myself. Um, cause that's just, I know myself and when I get kind of in that mode where all I'm doing is delivering, I, I forget that there's another half of my job that I need to do too. Um, so I, I tend to set little like recurring calendar invites for myself to take time out and think about um, like whether there's um, an actual like set of user interviews that I have pre-scheduled or maybe I need to remind myself that there's something I've been thinking about and I need to schedule those interviews or um, you know sometimes I'll just put a reminder in my calendar for 15 minutes to go look at the data for this particular problem in a particular country and those types of things. And then that kind of gets me thinking. Um, again, that might not work for everybody, but it's a really practical way, at least for me, to um, make sure that I'm thinking about the part of my job that is not just delivery on a regular basis. Um, I also try, I mean, I think the other thing I do too is um, we schedule kind of ideation sessions with the team once a quarter. Um, and so that's a really good reminder that I have to like set some time aside to help prepare for those, do a little bit more user research. And then um, oftentimes more user research will come out of that. Um, so yeah, those are kind of my tactics. Yeah, so we are coming to the end of our conversation. Kariana, thank you very, very much for being with us today. It was really nice to talking to you. And for you at home, next Thursday, we have another guest, Sabrina Rzepka. She's lead product manager in car partners at BMW Group. 
and co-founder of Product Professionals at 7pm West. This year, we will also count on Sabrina to participate in the Productized conference with a very good talk named Do an Internship as Your Customer, uh, while listening to customers isn't enough. Don't forget that you can ask in advance and sign up our newsletter. On the same day, a few hours earlier, the first workshop of the Productized Conference will take place. Learn more about Mission Critical Design, UX for Extreme Environments on July 23rd. I'm sure you won't want to miss it out and you just have to use your discount code GROZOPRODUCT20 to get your 20% discount. Thanks again, Kariana, to be with us today. And thank you all and have a good week. Thank you. Goodbye.